you know, it's complicated. It's error prone. Um, and you need the right kind of skills in there. And that's, that's what I uh, aim to help companies with. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. This is Todd Westra, your host, and I am so excited you're here today. I've got an amazing guest today that I absolutely went way longer than normal. It's an amazing interview, uh, fascinating on how he has helped companies grow and scale through building communities. If this is something you've ever imagined doing with your business, uh, connecting with your potential buyers and connecting them to your buyers and, and building a place where people could come to learn more about the problem that you solve without even being a paying customer, it's an intriguing thing to do. I love it. I've considered doing it for my own business and probably why I went so long with this interview. But Jono Bacon is here today to talk about what he's done to grow and scale not only his business, the pivots that he's made in his business, but how he's been able to take what he knows how to do and grow massive Fortune 100 companies within their communities and help them expand and grow and develop relationships with the companies that they would have never known without their community involvement. So I love, love, love this model. Uh, great guest on the podcast. You're going to love this episode if you've thought or even considered about how you need to form a community for your business. This is the one you want to watch. This is a great interview, great information, and uh, and I, I look forward to catching up with you on the flip side of this interview. Thanks so much. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Growth and Scaling podcast. I am so excited for today because we're dealing with someone who has not only grown and scaled his own businesses, but is in the business of helping other businesses grow and scale, which is always an awesome thing. So I'd like to introduce Jono. Jono, tell us who you are and who do you like to help with your business? Yeah, no, it's great to be here. I appreciate it, Todd. So uh, so I, I, I essentially help people build communities around their business. Um, so I, you know, I, I started out a number of years ago where I'd worked for companies like GitHub, Canonical, XPRIZE, building communities around their products and services. And then I started consulting about about 12 years ago. Uh, and now I kind of do group coaching as well as one-on-one -on -one consulting. So my audience here awesome. are people who see the value of building a thriving community and ecosystem around their products and services. I love it. I love it. So, so tell me about that. Did, dive deeper into this. I, I'm very familiar with communities around around a business, but most people aren't. I mean, tell us right. who who can benefit the most from what you're talking about today. Yeah, so I, I think um, if you've got a product or a service with customers or users that people like, um, and especially if it's an online product or service, like a SaaS service or a, or right. a platform or something along those lines, there's a huge op opportunity around building a community. And the reason right. why is that, you know, when you think about your company, if you've got a company of 30 people who work for you, say, small company, yeah. you're limited yeah. to those 30 brains. You pay those 30 people and they work in your, on your product or <laughs> your service. Whereas yeah. with a community, when you build a, a thriving environment where people can come into your community, they can extract a lot of value, they can you know, solve their problems, build skills, but then they can also be part of an environment where they feel like they're supported and, 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 and gonna be successful. What happens is you can convert those people into essentially contributors in your world. Right. Uh, and what that does is that you know, massively in, in, increases the level of resources that you got access to, but it also means you get better product feedback, you get broader brand recognition, uh, it also just keeps you honest because you have a whole ton of people right. using your products in different ways and you build a relationship where you'll get a much deeper level of feedback as well. 
Um, so there's, there's, there's a lot of opportunity around it, but it's, you know, it's complicated. It's error prone um, and you need the right kind of skills in there. And that's, that's what I uh, aim to help companies with. So, so is it, is it the skills that you're bringing to them? Is it the platform you're bringing to them? I mean, I've seen communities on Facebook. I've seen communities in LinkedIn. I've seen them in, in the circle and all sorts of different areas. Like, what are you bringing to these communities and, and or to these companies? Yeah. And and how do you kind of formulate that? What, what goes into that? Yeah. So when I started out, I this is kind of where my company is, has changed. When I started out, I was just working for companies like most people. Yeah. And I would be responsible for a community initiative. So, for example, right. I was at Canonical. We built a community of about 300,000 active contributors who were contributing. I believe that. Uh, and about 50 million users and hundreds of local user groups. When I started Crazy. consulting, what I was primarily focused on there was um, essentially helping companies to bring in the right kind of staff with the right kind of skills and then training those folks and building a strategy that they could execute on. Um, okay. But where my company has kind of evolved to is something called the Community Leadership Core, which is essentially it's an accelerator. If you think of something like a Y Combinator, textile, right. something like that, it's imagine that, but for building communities, because um, for most companies, you know, if you if, if you want to build a great community, it's expensive, right? You got to hire right. a great staff member uh, that might set you back two fifty to four hundred to five hundred grand. They right. often want to bring in two or three people of their own to kind of, of come course. in. Of course, so it yeah. starts getting very very expensive. But the biggest cost is invariably the cost of doing it wrong. Is that you know if you if you don't build a great experience, then often it's frustrating for your customers. It can erode your yeah. brand and things like that. So what I do is I bring people into this community leadership core accelerator uh, where I essentially train them up. So people who you can pay um, a lower salary to because you bring them in the more junior and I train them up to be much more senior seasoned right. community leaders. And it's all done through actual action. It's not just like, you know, watching a bunch of training videos. Like that doesn't get you anywhere. It's about no. every quarter identifying work, doing work, reviewing how you did that work. And then we iterate and improve on that. And what that does is it bakes the skills in, in a very real world setting. Interesting. Interesting. So, so you talked about SaaS companies, you talked about other people with, with regular buyers, I guess you could say people who are, who are constantly needing the services, maybe support yeah. of, of the brand that they're building and joining their community of. Are there other types of people needing communities? I mean, what, what are you seeing? What kind of trends are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, what's interesting, there's kind of two sides to that. There's kind of a high level, slightly fluffy philosophical response. Yeah. And then there's kind of more detail. The, the high level fluffier response is that communities as a concept is an inherently human thing, right? We like to form together into groups. Yes. Um, and if you look at the evolution of the internet, you know, back in the old days, uh, if, you want, if you had a, a, an issue with a company, if you wanted to engage with a company, you'd have to do it through their 1-800 number. Yeah. Then the internet happened and email became a thing and people had websites yeah. and then yeah. social media happened and now we're interacting with brands and celebrities and other folks. But a lot of companies primarily use those mechanisms for broadcasting information outwards. But sure. people are growing up today with social media, they want an interactive relationship with the brands that they, that they, that they care about. Yeah. So community is something that, that's why I mentioned earlier on, if you've got a product or a service that people like, if you've got a terrible product, you can't build a community around it. Like we're not magicians, okay? You just you need to focus on your product. Um, but um, if you if there is an if, if you have a, an audience of people who have got a problem that you're solving, you can build yeah. a sense of unity around solving that problem where your company plays a right. role there. Where it gets right. more specific is there's all kinds of examples like Harley Davidson have got 1,200 local user groups all over the world. 
Fitbit wow. have got a community of nearly 2 million members where people go running together, they support each other, um, you know, in how to use their products. Uh, one That's of my crazy. favorites is Hit Record, which was set up by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's a, you know, the Emmy award-winning actor. I actually weirdly ran into him at a conference uh, and I met, I met him there. And it's a community where people work together on creative works, where somebody does the green screen, somebody writes the script, somebody films, uh, somebody no makes way. the music. And then some of these combined works are being showcased at, at, at Sundance. There's, you know, Sephora, there's the wow. Lululemon, all kinds of examples of this. The key thing, and this is the differentiator that is that a community is a group of people who come together through a shared interest. What you really want to focus on is building a movement, right? That's why it says movement up there on my, uh, on my wall. Yes. Because the movement is when you're part of something much bigger. So for example, when we were building the Ubuntu community, um, Ubuntu, without going down the open source rabbit hole, was seen more broadly as kind of like a poster child in this movement towards open source, which is building technology in a more effective, right. more efficient, more accessible way. Right. So it was easier to grow a community around Ubuntu because people felt like they weren't just Ubuntu users, they were part of something bigger than them. So when you can tie that into your mission as right. well, that's where you can really get a lot of impact. Love it. I love it. That's fascinating. Um, honestly, for, for those listening uh, and, and people that are listening to the show, a lot of these people are trying to grow and scale their business and, and they don't, you know, I would say that there's some people on the side of the spectrum where they really don't clearly understand the problem that they solve yet they they have launched people are buying their service but they don't really know they can't really say it's super clear i solve this problem and then there's the other side where there's companies people that are listening to this who who can in in a second rattle off the problem that they solve how they solve it and it makes people feel really connected to them because yep. hey i've got that problem i want to be part of that thing that solution right yeah I think what you just described is an amazing model where so many companies who are clear on the problem that they solve, they can create a community of people who aren't even their clients necessarily, but might be. Yeah. And, that, and, and is that where you're seeing the biggest kind of success in, in forming a community? Yeah, exactly. Because before you become a customer, you you are yourself. And as, yeah. a, as a human being, you have a set of pain points and a set of desires, right? right. So imagine I'm building a, uh, uh, imagine a, a, I'm a, a company that makes cameras, right? Right. Um, um, and my audience are photographers, right? If we think about the typical needs of photographers, often a lot of companies get down into like how they choose their equipment, what kind of equipment they use, what the aperture yeah. is, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas I like to go a level deeper. Like before you get to the product level, like what are the pain points of those audience members? Well, if I'm a, let's say I'm a photographer and I'm running my own business, how do I find my customers? Um, how do I manage my equipment on a rainy day? Um, right. How do I handle transactions? Um, how do I stand out in a world that's very competitive with other photographers? So what Love happens it. is if you as a company, even though you just sell cameras, are able to dial into those pain points and solve them for your customers, outside right. of purely a product conversation it builds it builds amazing brand loyalty because it's it's not there's so much manipulation on the internet people trying to build a connection with people yeah is yeah. that it's just real you're just helping your audience to solve their problems right so that's to me what it's about creating a nurtured machine yeah that guides someone from they barely know you all the way through to building that level of brand uh, loyalty hey there friends this is todd running a business honestly can leave a lot of founders and operators feeling lonely and isolated. If you have ever felt that way, trust me, I know what it feels like. 
and there is something you can do about it. You've heard a lot of our guests talk about the fact that being lonely and isolated is one of their biggest challenges in trying to run and scale their business. CaptainsCouncil.com. Go to CaptainsCouncil.com right now and see what we're doing to resolve this problem. We want you to be a strong operator who has solutions and has a way to get around the challenges you're currently facing. What most founders don't understand is that you're not alone. The challenges that you're facing, likely somebody else has already overcome and they can give you the feedback you need to overcome them. Who better than your peers, other founders, other operators who are joining with you in a small group setting, a global community setting, as well as at our in-person events to guide you through these challenges that you're facing right now. Don't give up, keep on pushing, but do it with some good advice from your peers. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com and let me know what you think about the offering. We can't wait to see you there. And sometimes it takes years. You know, I, I, as you were just describing that whole cycle, I was thinking of Under Armour. You know, I, I, yeah. I rarely buy Under Armour gear, but I will tell you right now that ever since I started running, I'm not a lifelong runner, but I've started running the past few years. I love the Under Armour running app. There's something about it that's like really easy, really intuitive. Yeah. And, and yet I, I almost feel guilty every time I go to buy new shoes that I don't buy Under Armour shoes. <laughs> and at some point I will. <laughs> right. Because, because I love the service that they provided to me in their community. Like it's a really cool app. Yeah. And so I think that where you're going with this is it could be an app, could be a community, could be a group, could be a, a series of videos. It could be a lot of different ways to form a community, but I yeah. love what you do. This is a fantastic business. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, so tell us about the business now. So, so we talked about what you do and whose problem you like to solve. Tell us about your growth journey. I mean, as you've been in business now, you've been con just consulting on this now for what you said, 12 years. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So in that 12 years, there's parts of where you've kind of evolved your business where there had to have been some points along the journey where you're like, dude, those were like the pivot points where, where I really understood my business and things got fun. What oh, are these yeah. points of growth that you felt like were, were kind of cool? Maybe share one or two of those. Yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting journey because I started out, I've been wanting to do consulting around building communities for, for quite some time because yeah. I've always enjoyed working with lots of different companies and I did it on the side. I wrote a book called The Art of Community back in 2008. Cool. And, and Deutsche Bank. That was there. early. Yeah. Yeah. And Deutsche Bank <laughs> reached out and said, can you help us bake this into, into, in, into our company? I was like, sure. Wow. I had no idea what to charge and started doing consulting on the side. Yeah. Uh, and I always flirt with the idea of doing it full time, but I was never confident there was enough business out there. And, and certainly oh, back that's then, funny. my wife was running a startup, so she wasn't really taking much of a salary. So, you know, it, I, it, to make it work, I had about four months to make it work. And I, I started <laughs> when I went full time. Uh, the, this is going to sound braggadocious and it's not meant to. It, I'm more surprised than anything that I, I've been fully booked in, since I started. Wow. Um, but I started full time in 2015. So I'd already had the book out. I'd already done a bunch of consulting on the side. So it was a little easier for me than someone who's, who's brand new. Right. Um, and that was great. And everything was going well for, for years. And I did what, you know, I always had more demand for time than time available. So I put my prices right. up. And then what happened is that the prices became very expensive where the only companies who would be able to afford to pay them were like large enterprises 
who frankly right. I'm less interested in working with because the impact is harder to get to because as a consultant, I have influence, but I don't have any power. So I'm dependent on my client shipping and delivering and it's hard to do that in big companies. Um, so I wanted to like, okay, how do I grow my business? But I don't want to build a big consulting practice. I'm not interested in that. I want to make more money, um, more of a high score than frankly about the money than anything. Right. Um, but how do I scale it out? So I, I went down the rabbit hole at the beginning of, of COVID yeah. with the idea of kind of like making pre-recorded training. Um, Interesting. And I just yeah. couldn't make the model work. Like, you know, uh, when it came to like $200 training courses, yeah. I created a couple of training courses, ran ads, I couldn't make it work. And also I, I found it unbelievably un unfulfilling because um, yeah. I just had this gut feeling that people would buy these and then most people wouldn't get through them. Of course. And I never want to be someone who just sells someone something. Yeah. You know, there's some people out there like they pocket the money and then they're done with the transaction. That's not me. Totally. And I, I found from a friend of mine, she said 95% of people who do uh, pre-recorded training courses, 95% of people who buy them never use them. <laughs> and it killed it for me. I was like, I believe it. Yeah. I'm not doing that then. That's not going to work. Yeah. So then I started experimenting with group coaching. And this actually started last year in, in 2022, where I did my first group coaching uh, course. Um, cool. It was like a 10 week, 12 week, it was 12 weeks initially. And then I made it 10 weeks where I teach people how to build and launch a community in 10 weeks. And I, and, and I was really happy with the results. Um, people seem to love it. And also just, it was really fulfilling. I enjoyed that group yeah. setting. Um, and that's when I thought, okay, that's cool. I'm going to keep doing that. And then I hired a business coach for the first time and he was like, shut it down. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? He said, the numbers don't work. What you do is you, you, you're a niche, you're a niche consultant. Like you, you know, not everybody wants to build communities, right? And yeah. you can't make the, the funnel work, uh, when you, when, even with like a $2,000 training course, depending based upon my revenue targets. Right. Um, and that's when I built out the accelerator with the community leadership core, which was and has been a monumental amount of work. Um, wow. And quite scary because I've never really done this before. But yeah. For me, that's how you learn and you grow. And and I've set the expectation with everybody who signed up. is like, look, it's going to be, it might be a bit of a bumpy entry at the beginning as we're all figuring out how this works. But like, it's it'll be good now, but it'll be great in six so, months. So so tell me about this. So what What is the difference between what you're doing with this versus, versus doing the group training? So, the, you know, the... the, the the thing that the challenge was doing like the 10 week group coaching that I, yeah. I ran it twice, um, yeah. was people come in on week one and then you build this really nice set of friendships and relationships in those 10 weeks. Yeah. And then at the end of it, everyone disbands. And, and the problem is that it's those kind of coach train training courses are about information delivery and then yeah. clarity of information, um, you know, absorption, right? Like, Oh, I teach right. them a bunch of stuff and then, and then they can ask a bunch of questions. Right. Whereas, um, I came to the realization and this was in conjunction with my coach in, um, what people really need is accountability. It's like, it's, you know, we learn by doing and we learn by teaching, um, yeah. and creating a model where every quarter you plan some work, you develop your skills. Uh, you know, so I define a set of quarterly targets for, for every individual company. It's right. tuned to them uh, with like literal checkboxes of things they need to work through. There's training for all of that stuff. We get right. together in group coaching calls. They've got one-on-one -on -one access to me. And the idea is that not only do they execute, but also they figure out when they don't execute, 
what the causes are. Like, why was it that they're overworked, lack of clarity, uh, cross-team issues, things like that. So right. it's, pre- it, it's a much deeper environment. And it's, and it's for a much smaller set of people. I, I don't really want more than 100 companies going through this. So yeah. For a, yeah. I could group train 2,000 companies for, for yeah. 10 weeks. So. Interesting. Interesting. I like that. Uh, so your group size is just smaller. It's a little more focused. You're getting a lot more feedback and community. I mean, you're essentially taking your community model that you're teaching and making it your business. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and what I make very clear to everyone as well is like everyone's signing up because they want to learn from me. Um, but what I'm saying to them is I don't want you to just learn from me. Right. I want you to learn from each other. Yeah. Like I've got two and a half pounds of brain matter in my head, but in our group right now, we've got a hundred pounds of brain matter. (laughs) And, and there's a lot more insight in that hundred pounds than in my two and a half pounds. Right. So um, right. it really is about like accountability and learning and sharing. Like I asked members of my group to present and share and train the group. Like I, it's not just coming from me. So, yeah. Yeah. and I set those expectations coming in, you know, so. I love it. You know, what, what an interesting model though. What, what an interesting way to grow and scale because, you know, as you, as you talk about, you know, initially you were consulting one-off businesses, you were kind of going in and doing these longer term relationships. Then you started doing some group coaching and now you've evolved and, and now you're doing more small, almost workshop type, help each other out type groups and mentoring. How has that growth journey kind of, is it what you expected, first of all? And, and right. second of all, do you feel like this is the way it's going to go for the next uh uh, period of time. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, <clears throat> it's, I mean, it's broadly gone, broadly gone as I expected in terms of cool. the major brush strokes. Yeah. Uh, and then a whole load of like smaller brush strokes where I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. You know, that's interesting. <laughs> um, it is definitely the model that I'm going to be going down because one of the things cool. I found unfulfilling about consulting was just a lot of like repeated work over and over again. And I think all consultants at the beginning, all you're focused on is like deliver a great service and earn enough money to cover your salary. Right. And when I dialed it in enough where my customers are consistently happy and I'm making more than enough money than I need in my family. Right. Right. uh, At that point, the priority became something else. And that was in my mind was like scaling out the impact. Um, But, um, the thing that um, I learned a lot in the process was I had a lot of fear around this. Like I had a lot of fear of failure because, you know, I'd, I'd written a couple of books and yeah. in my, in the tech world, often people would, would, would introduce people to me and say, Hey, Jono, he's the, he's the go-to person for building communities, especially around technology. Right. So like kicking off something new in a group where there is an absolute possibility that it will fail my right you know, a little bit of ego kind of was like worried sure. about, 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 about the implications of that. But okay. what I've learned is that like, when you're living on the, on that knife's blade, like you do better work. And, um, and what helped me was, and my coach helped me with this was basically saying to the whole group, like my, my main goal here is to be ultimately responsible. Like if you've got yeah. questions, if there's things you need to know, if there's something that isn't working, I'm all ears. But, um, but I can't do the work for you. Um, right, so right. Help, helping them to play a role in shaping the environment 
reduced that level of fear and anxiety and created a much more productive environment where some of the coolest things we're doing right now were ideas that came from my members. So. I love it. I love it. So, so, so walk us through a little bit about the, the big challenges you've had to face. I mean, you've, you've kind of walked us through a few of those in that, you know, this model wasn't quite working. This one wasn't as fulfilling. This, what are the types of things that you hit across this growth journey that you kind of didn't anticipate happening? They yeah. kind of made you redirect a little bit. Well, one of the first ones was, was really realizing in myself some of the flaws that were standing in the way of my future progress. Um, yeah. So I realized I was, um, I don't like the term perfectionist because it, it, it's kind of it's very uh, self-flattering the way people present that. Sure. It was more like, I don't think I'm a perfectionist, but I think that um, I, I had this issue of like needing all of the, you know, I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed before I proceed with something. Yeah. Um, and what I learned at the end of 2021, when I actually went through um, some coaching with somebody else, and yeah. what she taught me was, um, like when I, re when I released my first group coaching uh, course, she said, just progress over perfection, get it out there. Yeah. So actually on, you know, on the 1st of January, I, I started putting together, of 2022, I started putting together a sales page yeah. for this new thing called Zero to Community, which I rebranded the Community Experience Masterclass. Um, and I started selling it around the 15th of, of January. Um, yeah. I got my first sale on the 17th of January um, and I had not built any of the material out. Um, and I, <laughs> I, was awesome. gonna, I was gonna start it in March. And what I learned about that was, cause she was like, just do it, right? Yeah. Just do it, otherwise you'll never do it. And, and now I had a paying customer, at least one paying customer. Now yeah. it had to happen. Um, uh, and then I just plotted the timeline and I did the yeah. same thing with the community um, leadership call. Uh, my coach said, you've got a fear of growth. You've got a fear of, of, of growing in new areas. And he was right. So that was one element was breaking through that. The other yeah. was, especially with the community leadership call, is such a monumental amount of work in terms of building the sales funnel, the application process, building out, you know, hundreds of hours of training material, building the workflow and the workbooks and the platform. Sure uh was just sequencing all of that in the right order and again trying not to have everything absolutely perfect um, yeah, yeah and then another one that i would say as well is sales like i'd never really sold anything because uh all of my consulting business was just referrals um, yeah like people yeah. just introduced me to people or someone would read one of my books and, and drop me a note um, and I'd grown in my head that sales was this like magical art and science where you have to learn these special words yeah. uh, and techniques and you, you want to influence, but you don't want to manipulate. And, and I learned like, no, it really is just about understanding what someone wants to achieve and right. seeing how you can help. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. So and I if you're not it. solving a problem, it is a hard sale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Interesting. I think. I think those were the main the main ones that I kind of encountered. Well, so it sounds like a lot of your advice maybe kind of geared around, you know, don't don't waste so much time perfecting before you launch. Get yeah. get stuff out there and see what people are telling you to change. Because I, I, am I am I wrong in that? Or no, that... you're one hundred percent right. And actually, I, I saw it in myself, and I also saw it in um, I see it in my clients as well. Yeah, is yeah. you know when I started consulting, I'd build out these like two-year strategic plans with yeah. a lot of detail 
um, and then we break it down into into a whole bunch of work. And what I've learned is that um, even if you just because you say something should work this way doesn't mean it's going to work this way. Of course, yeah. And I think the reality is that people just like to iterate in small pieces over and over again. And and the goal that we've got is to connect the pieces to one bigger whole. Yeah. Um, um, and I think that will be the main thing. I just say like get out there and have a go. You know? I love it. I love it. that's great advice. Now, now in your own journey, and and you've you've had a fun journey, it sounds like. But yeah. as you've as you've kind of done this thing, is there someone that you looked at in your own community where where you felt like they inspired you, they they kind of kept you moving, kept you going? It sounds like you hired a coach at one point. Who is that person? We'd love to give a shout out to to someone who's been able to kind of help you keep you focused and and move into the right direction. Yeah, I mean, there's a few. I mean, I'm I'm very at a general level, I'm very lucky because just over the years of just just working in my career, I've gotten to know so many people as friends and the amount right. of people I can just reach out to and just say, hey, can I just pick your brains for a few moments? And people are very yeah. generous with their time. My wife has been, is the number one. I mean, awesome. you know, she is a, um, she, she uh, is an MD at Redpoint Ventures. Uh, so cool. she's a VC. She used to, uh, she co-founded a company called Bitnami that she sold to VMware and then she went on to be the chief operating officer at GitHub. Um, <laughs> the, the, what? So, yeah so uh dude those are like all massive names like that's kind of a big deal <laughs> yes yeah, so, you know the the conversations we have while we're brushing our teeth is always, uh, is always interesting. <laughs> um but she what i love about erica many things i love about her but um is she takes such a measured balanced unemotional get shit done kind of approach to things yeah. and, I, and i love that uh my coach brian franklin as well i been flirting with the idea of hiring a coach for many years yeah um and i never did it and um and then i went to a, an event that i go to every year uh and there was a session on coaching and it has been transformational for me uh awesome. that word is often overused but it has been transformational for me if for no other reason that one of the things the challenges for people like me where you run your own business like it's me and a bunch of contractors right i'm a yeah. very small company yeah is um is 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 i don't generally have anyone to go really deep with on what i'm thinking sure and i get sure. to go deep with him and he calls me on my bs as well which is really important <laughs> i love it we we all have a tendency to give our own our own bs to ourselves don't we <laughs> yeah well it's so it's so tasty <laughs> it is so good it is i swear i'm right everyone around me is telling me i'm right <laughs> exactly Oh boy, I love it! Hey, this has been a fantastic interview, and and I honestly, I, I honestly believe that those listening are going to find huge value in this because, you know, it is one thing to to feel like you're on the right path, but the pivots that you've made, the decisions that you've made to to produce your product a different way, will likely keep you doing what you're doing for a longer time. And I think, you know, just reflecting on my own self. I can't tell you how many times I get to about year five, six, maybe seven, and I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like ready to move on. And yeah, it yeah. sounds like you've made the right choices in, in bringing in a coach, bringing in someone that can kind of help you reshape what you're doing. And it's kind of, it sounds like it's, it's reinvigorated you to kind of make what you've been doing even better and, and more impactful. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, I feel very fortunate because um, there's been like there's a huge wide pathway forward, and and um, 
the hardest thing has been picking a lane. Like I, I right. went, I went for two years where I actually was stepping away from doing community because I, I wanted to build that growth and impact. I couldn't see a pathway to it. So I started exploring going down things like trying to do content marketing and that being yeah. uh, And it was actually, it felt quite rudderless at one point. Um, yeah. and, and it was difficult, but um, I think surrounding yourself with people who've got um, interesting ideas and experience um, and, you know, being open, being coachable, I think is the key thing. Um, sure. Being open to ideas. And, and it's amazing how it can really unblock you. And then when you meet those people, they are just like, they I are just, they're, they're, they're a gift. So I love it. And, and how do people follow you? Are you present on any social media? Like where, where do you live? What's your deal? Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I mean, uh, if you want to find out more about the community leadership core, you can go to communityleadershipcore.com. Um, awesome. when it comes to social media, um, I mean, the good news having a name as stupid as John O'Bacon is that usually I can get the handles. So, you know, it. John O'Bacon on, <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. You know, any, anytime you can get something with bacon though is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? When I was seven, it was not a cool name to have, <laughs> but now it's like an internet thing. It's good. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm a little jealous. Not going to lie. It's, it's awesome. It's cool. And I'm sure that at some point we're seven degrees, you know, connected to each other, but we'll 100%. see. 100%. Yeah, no relation to Kevin, <laughs> by the way. Uh, so. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Those listening, share this episode with those who need to hear it. This is an awesome interview. And uh, Jono, I appreciate your time and wish you the best, man. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, man. Hey, I hope that, I hope that was as inspiring for you as it was for me. Truly, um, even after the interview, I, I, I talked to Jonah for a while about different ways that, that he's been able to see this growth uh, affect the businesses that he's helping. And I'm telling you, it, it's, it's something that you really need to consider. If you've never considered building a community with your business, you should think about it. You should reach out to Jono, join his community, see what he's teaching people how to do. Because I'm telling you right now, growth and scaling is all a matter of relationship building. And what better way to develop relationships than to be offering them information, content, solutions in a way that doesn't make them feel like they've got to buy today, right? They can be part of your community, partake of the goodness that you've got to give them. And then at some point, as long as you take good care of them, they will become paying customers. I love it. It's a great model. If you're looking into the growth and scaling of your business, in creative and effective ways, you should definitely consider this methodology. Thanks so much and share this episode with those who need to see it and hear it. Uh, you can like, subscribe, do anything you feel like you need to do. We appreciate it when you do. Share this episode with someone that needs to hear it and we will look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. Thanks so much for being here.